This is the Dynasty Market Watch, episode 1.09. I'm Todd Halverson. I'm joined, as always, by Brian O'Leary and Matt Davis. This week, we have a special guest. David Plout is joining us at VSP4150 on Twitter. If you don't follow David already, you definitely should, because first off, he's super smart, but he also posts a lot of content that's easily digestible. Yeah, when we uh, when we started this show, we were thinking of uh, guests recently to have on, and David was someone that stood out to me. Uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, whenever I noticed him on Twitter, it was just kind of in the comments of uh, like the tweet comments of content creators, and I was like, man, this dude is always just making smart comments. Yeah, like, so I started following him since then. But uh, David, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. Excited to be here. So, David, I, one of your things that you're really known for, that I, or at least that I know you for, is the expected fantasy points per game. Um, throughout the show, we're going to refer to the expected, expected fantasy points per game, but I kind of want to start off by just making sure we have a good baseline for what expected fantasy points per game is and how we can use it kind of like in our player evaluations. Um, so uh, most of us have like a job resume, um, and at the top of the resume or maybe on the cover letter, um, we all have that section that shows like what are our strengths um, or what are our skills. So, David, what I want to know is at the top of expected fantasy points resume, what does it say? Yeah, so for me, expected fantasy points is uh, kind of just my catch-all metric to summarize uh, players' peripherals. Uh, we know things like target share are really important, but target share by itself does not actually score points. Um, so really what we see is that when you get these magical fantasy seasons, it's really born out of opportunity and volume. Um, so using expected fantasy points uh, basically derives what an average player would score based on that specific player's usage. Uh, for example, we know with running backs, red zone usage and goal line work is much more valuable. So it would consider something like that. Uh, really XPPG just combines all of these factors into one easily digestible metric. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, speaking in here, like this is something that was totally foreign to me until I started seeing you on your timeline and we play in a bunch of leagues together. So that's kind of where I learned about it. And I'm, I'm really excited to kind of get a deeper dive into um, discussing what all of this stuff means. And hopefully, uh, you know, you can you can guide us to the promised land here in the next couple, couple of minutes. Hope so. All right, so we'll go ahead and get it get it rolling. We're gonna we got a lot in store, so we're gonna be talking CJ Stroud. He seems to be a hot topic um, all across you know group chats and Twitter these days. And um, we'll talk CJ Stroud and his wide receivers. Um, on the other side of the coin, we have Bryce Young, and he's been struggling, so we'll talk him. Um, David's gonna give us some vets, maybe that we could look at um, to buy in a playoff run, and of course, we'll talk some trades. But as always, we start off giving our bull or bear of the week. So David. You're the guest. Kick us off. Who you got, Bull or Bear, this week? Yeah, so I think my bull for the week is uh, Javante Williams. Uh, we know that last year uh, he suffered a pretty gruesome knee injury. We know that uh, running backs take a little bit of time to get back to speed. Over the summer, there were rumors he wouldn't really be playing much until midseason. All of a sudden, he's back week one. Fast forward a little bit, and uh, since week seven, he has really been catching my attention. Uh, that, that's when he first uh, surpassed a 50% snap count, and he's maintained it uh, ever since. 
And in the meantime, from week seven to 10, he's handled nearly 70% of rush attempts. He's run 35% of the routes and he's uh, had a 17% target share in these weeks. So pretty good. And uh, on that usage, that's 18.8 expected points per game, which would be RB5 on the year. So coming on a little bit later. And that's since when? uh, That's that's week 7 to 10. So a little bit later than some hoped, but feeling pretty good about him recently. Matt, he looked like he had some juice yesterday in the game, yeah. in the Monday night game. Yeah, I mean, uh, so back when we had Dynasty Zoltan on a few weeks ago, I think it was a week after the Broncos beat my stupid team, the Packers. And I, that's uh, that's when I made Javante my bowl of the week. I was like, man, this guy is coming. Uh, so, and I, I think we've seen that the last few weeks. Like you said, uh, his price has gone up. That's why I was saying go go ahead and get him a few weeks ago. I still mm-hmm. think that was a great buy opportunity because he's not really exploding yet. Sure. Yeah, David. So so what are you uh, buying Javante for this week? Yeah, so I think I uh, based on the fantasy calc valuations, there's some pretty similarly valued players that I would pretty easily move him for. Uh, that includes DJ Moore, Rashad White, George Kittle, um, Alvin Kamara as well. You could probably get a plus if you're moving from Alvin Kamara down to Javante. Yeah, like that. Yeah, no, I, I would take the Javante side on pretty much uh, every single one of those. Um, yeah, my uh, my bear of the week is actually going to be Christian Watson. Uh, that is a guy that uh, I was trying to be a little bit patient with uh, this year as a Packers fan. Uh just rooting for him in general and also as like, you know, a fantasy asset, a dynasty asset. And uh, David, I know you had a tweet earlier, you know, about his uh, Watson's uh, fantasy points over expectation, how he's underperforming. I do think that probably that Jordan Love struggles this year has a little bit to do with that. But just as a Packers fan, Christian Watson is not one of the top three wide receivers on this team. A guy named Dontavian Wicks, who most dynasty players might not have even ever heard of, is definitely playing better than Christian Watson this year. Uh, so Jaden Reed and Dobbs and Wicks, I think they're all better than Christian Watson. He does not give any effort. Uh, big thing on Packers Twitter this week has been he, uh, he is absolutely soft at the catch point. He gets pushed around. He doesn't go up and get the ball. He doesn't do his quarterbacks any favors. Uh, so I'm pretty much out on Christian Watson. I'm just so you're, just, you're just cutting bait, cutting bait, Matt, just for anything you can get here at this point? Pretty much. I think you can get a second. I mean, the move I'm trying to make right now, if I have Christian Watson, I'm probably trying to trade him for Jaden Reed. The Jaden Reed owner is probably not going to do that anymore. You could have gotten a plus two weeks ago if you wanted to do that. But, yeah, I, I just want off Christian Watson. I don't think – I. I don't think he gives a shit. Uh, I don't think he tries when he plays. I don't think he puts a lot of effort into his craft. Damn, that's that's an accusation. That's stupid. <laughs> that, it's not a guy I want to invest in. So that's fair. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm cutting. I'm cutting bait. Like, I'm yeah, just I've gotten rid of. I've gotten rid of all my Christian Watson. I would maybe buy for a second, but yeah, Matt, I'm kind of with you. I really don't want. I really don't want to deal with them. David, I'm kind of curious. His ex fantasy expected fantasy points per game. What are you seeing with him? Yeah, so uh, we'll get into the other piece of this uh, in a little bit later, but uh, right now through six Watson games and eight Nico Collins games, 
They have the same expected points per game at 12.6. Uh, obviously, Christian Watson has been performing much worse than uh, than Nico. Uh, so the points per game is at 15.4 Nico to 7.2 um, Christian Watson. And uh, they, they are really having just opposite seasons. Uh, I think C.J. Stroud is proving to be a, an awesome quarterback and really enhancing talent around them. And Jordan Love is pretty much doing the opposite. Um, also, individually, Nico is playing better than Christian Watson, that's for sure. Um, but I, uh, I, I'm weakly trending towards regress to the mean for Christian Watson. I think he totally can put it together and be a 12-point-per-game guy. Uh, I think over the summer, I was more bullish than that. Um, so I, I've scaled back some, but still probably. Well, I, th- I think it's a fair point that if you're going to – like let's say you listen to this and you agree with me and you think he's a sell, that doesn't mean you need to go out and sell him this week. There's not really a lot of demand for him. Like Brian always preaches every single week – Wait till a blow-up game, then sell your guy that you want to get off of. And and Christian Watson has a type of profile. He has a type of play style. He's going to have a blow-up week. Like, I would be shocked if he doesn't in the next seven weeks or whatever. Yeah, he's the type of guy that can easily go for two touchdowns at any point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my bull of the week is going to churn some stomachs. Um, So, and it's going to get some moans and some groans. So, you know, like when you're a kid – um, your parents give you some advice that just feels like completely irrelevant. Um, it doesn't feel like it's worth anything at the moment, but like later in life, it actually can be a value. Like if you think about like saving money um, as a 10 year old feels absurd and we don't want to wait. We don't want to like wait to not get like the toy or the video game that it is we want. So I'm about to give you advice on a player that's not going to yield you any results now and maybe not even in the next 12 months, but I think it will at some point down the road. And it's not going to cost you much. And the guy that I'm bullish on right now is Trey Lance. I think that he's worth about a couple of thirds, maybe a throw in on a trade. You're working a deal with someone. You feel like, man, I'm really like a third short here, but like I'm probably just going to go ahead and hit it, hit accept. Just ask for Trey Lance. At some point, he is going to get a chance to play. It may not even be a chance to fully start. It can be like a um, a Taylor Heineke type deal. It may not be a week one starter, but it could mm-hmm. be a mid-season start. And I think he's going to at least be worth more today than what he is uh, – worth more later than he is today. Oh, so You guys can, you guys can just uh, sit – that, Sit bum, dumbfounded. <laughs> so I, think the, I think the best thing I can say here is let's talk about someone that's actually good at football right now. That's I think Fair. that's what people care about a little bit more. Um, Trey Lance is <laughs> yeah, hurt most I, I of really us. Took, I took the wind out of the podcast. I won't lie. It's it's things I I'm not ready to see his name on my roster anymore at the moment um, than it already is. So let's transition to C.J. Stroud. Uh, a little bit sexier. Uh, a little more successful, a little more results driven, a little more everything. Um, he is not a bull for me. He's a bear. Um, and that is, I'm selling him if he's going to be viewed as QB2, QB3 in Dynasty. Um, that you is might roll 20. your eyes and be like QB2 or QB3, but there were tweets this past week saying yeah. CJ Stroud, QB2, QB3. It's, so there's people out there that actually might think it. 
this is this is strictly a uh, nothing personal. This is all business. Um, if someone's viewing a non-rushing quarterback as QB two, QB three above, like someone like Josh Allen, um, I'm going to sell the shit out of him. Uh, I just I can't help it. I like the player. I love him as a player. He might become one of the best players of all time. Like you know, we we're talking about in our group chats. I'm sure everyone else was, but. That's there's there's a lot of ifs that go into that. So um, yeah, QB two, QB three. I'm selling. Otherwise, I, I probably want to hold. But um, so that's the thing. Like I, I I don't know how common that is, but I, I that's the point I wanted to clarify because I think we're all going to agree here. I, I've been really high on Stroud all year. I'm absolutely flipping my Stroud shares for uh, Josh Allen and still even Jalen Hurts. Uh, definitely. But it sounds like outside Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, you're not selling Stroud. You're only selling Stroud to get one of those three guys. I'm selling him when he's overvalued. And I think that's an overvalue that people will make, especially Josh Allen and the Bills struggling like a mother right now. Like that's that's a thing that's going to happen the next week. So right, David, but right. So I'm, I'm just trying to say your your value your he's overvalued if you can get Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, but you're not. Are you like? I, would you trade him straight not, up for Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert right now? I'm not even saying like you have to trade him for Josh Allen. I'm saying if if you're if they treat him like a Josh Allen in terms of a trade, so I can get that type of yield as what I would get for Josh Allen. Okay. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying direct Josh Allen, but if I can get the same type of yield of what I Mahomes or Allen gets or Hurts, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. So Brian. For you, he's is he still in the tier of like Herbert Burrow? Or, I mean, I think he kind of has to be. He he yeah. projects to be that type of player, um, and they have a longer track record of doing things. He looks cool, and he's having a record-breaking rookie yeah. season. I get that, but so David, um, thinking expected fantasy points per game, Brian mentioned that you know he doesn't rush. Um, what are you seeing from an expected fantasy points per game? I guess. Uh, the other another you mentioned it earlier but fantasy points over expected fpoe how is he doing um versus what you would expect yeah so uh stroud is is crushing it for sure and and i'll I'll just say right now he is functionally the same as burrow and herbert for me um but i've also at times been pretty uncomfortable with their valuations when they approach the allen hurts mahomes tier uh so back, back to fantasy points, uh, he's coming in. And, and so this is five point passing uh, scoring, uh, pass touchdown scoring. Um, so he's coming in at 20 expected points per game and nearly 22 uh, actual points per game. So, you know, mild outperformance. Uh, and he's actually, he's really outperforming pretty much across the board um, for quarterbacks. Uh, the expected points per game are broken up into five categories. And that would be passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, as well as rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. He's uh, pretty much dead even on his expected rushing, which is relatively low, but he's getting what he should. Uh, and then he is uh, doing better on touchdowns. He's doing better on interceptions. For his passing work, he's actually coming in right between Sam Howell and Josh Allen, which are kind of funny names, but both <laughs> of those guys are... Um, both of those guys are really throwing a lot, uh, so it, it makes sense. But he's coming in right at like the ninth uh, highest expected points uh, from passing. 
So with the with quarterbacks and expected fantasy points per game, do we see like the elite ones, uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, uh, Joe Burrow? Do we see them consistently outperform their expectations every year, or is there something baked in where we kind of know it's Pat Mahomes and it, like the the twenty two points per game is already baked into that with all the all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is sometimes they will outperform it, and I think they're. I think the elites of the elites are more likely to outperform than less good players, um, but it, it doesn't always occur. Um, for example, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen uh, are both above expectation by 1.6 points, and then Justin Herbert is under expectation by 0.6 points. Um, oh. However, I, I think at quarterback, I'm more inclined to believe that the efficiency of the quarterback will uh, allow for outperformance rather than underperformance. So on the whole, I'd expect them to come pretty close to matching or outperform slightly. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Let's kind of pivot quickly to um, some rookies. And uh, the first rookie, we've, we've kind of already vaguely talked about this offense, so I think it's, it's, it's appropriate that we can probably touch on other uh, players within this offense as well once we start going. But um, Tank Dell uh, for the Texans, obviously uh, didn't have the highest draft capital, didn't have a ton of hype around in rookie season. He's obviously kind of small or very small. Uh, I, I think what's been kind of interesting with him is uh, his obvious shift in that value of that perception in such a quick amount of time. I, we're giving a lot of credit to CJ Stroud. I get that, but he's attached to him. So, Todd, I saw you raise this question, or at least this is what you're kind of seeing that the buy value is. Uh, is is Tank Dell worth a first right now? Yeah, so like on Only KTC, first. yeah, KTC right now, he's wide receiver 20, which is not always a great barometer, but fantasy calc, wide receiver 24. I have, would have really no issue if I had a few first sending one of them for Man. Tank Dell. I'm a little uncomfortable with that if I, if we're if we're being honest. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. So my issue with sending a, a late first for a guy like Tank Dell is that I really don't want to use my first for like wide receiver twenty to twenty five or even whatever rank you've got him at. Um, I would rather use it for something else, something cooler, trade up and go get a, a top ten wide receiver with you know pair it with something else. But if I'm let's say like you, there's a lot of teams out there that are tanking. Maybe you've already kind of solidified your pick and you're like, I kind of need to like use one of these late first that I've piled up. I wouldn't mind, you know, we I wouldn't mind buying in on CJ Stroud and doing it through Tank Dell. I don't I mean, I'm I think yeah, I've got him ahead of Nico Collins at this point. I, I think it's fair right. to have him ahead of Nico Collins uh at this point. I, I can't really find a lot of scenarios where I'm paying a first for Tank Dell. Um, like, we, like we've like we talked about, uh, like you just kind of mentioned, Todd, that's a bullet you can only fire once in most situations. Uh, I mean, sure, you can have surplus ones, but if it's your own and you're a, if it's your own first and you're a contender, if I'm a if I'm a juggernaut team, I'm OK sending my 24 first for Tank Dell. That might be like the only situation. I, I, I don't ever want to get into a situation where that pick falls to 106. I'm so, not that confident in Tank Dell. So that's kind of where I'm Right, at. yeah. So, 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 Todd, so Todd talked about having potentially multiple first, and yeah. I think that's a, it's a good scenario to think about because, you know, you know, the style of our play, all four of us here, I'm familiar with you guys 
we like you know bunching up our first here yeah. um would we rather have paid two firsts for tyreek hill or are we paying one first for tanked out like obviously there's the limitations potentially of tyreek's length of career but obvious impact right so like i i paid two firsts for tyreek this morning so like yeah. that's an extra first obvious value change a little more uh like solidified as a, a point producer um david where, where you stand on that? Sure. It's different team styles for me. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather have Tyreek for the extra first on a contender. But if I'm maybe a team on the come up, I'd rather save the first. And um, now, like Matt said, I don't want that first to turn into 106, 107, 108. I'm talking about a very late first. Maybe we've got three or four of them. Okay, sure. I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll send the one that I think is the worst, probably a team that's already solidified the buy. I would rather try to send three twos or something for Tank Dell. That's not going to get done. Like it's just not. So it's either do you want to send a late first? And I'm going to be honest. I think there's probably some scenarios where you could send a late first and they'd reject it. But yeah, yeah. Do, do you are you willing to do that? If it's one of like three or four that I've got and it's really late, I think I would. What do you think, David? Yeah. So it, it's always a funny question for me when you ask. You know, would you send a first? Because I send a first in value, but I wouldn't necessarily want it to actually be a first round pick. Um, you know, the, I think there's some older vets in that same value range that don't have meaningful uh, point advantages over tank. Um, and I, I, I pretty happily flip them into tank. Um, I think if I had a solidified buy team, uh, I would be probably comfortable um, sending that first for tank. I'd much rather you know, do it in, you know, four quarters rather than the dollar yeah. for sure. Um, but if it's a, if it's pretty late first, I could get there. Um, I, I think he is having a really awesome season. Um, you know, so in, in addition to my uh, expected points per game um, work, an, another, uh, another thing that I do uh, is I maintain a list of, you know, thresholds on some different peripheral metrics um, and I monitor them and then bucket wide receivers into that. Uh, and for me, um, Tank Dell fits into what I call the watch list, which is basically like young guys that probably are pretty good. I don't know if they're total cornerstones yet, um, but, you know, I, I'm really watching them closely. Um, and Tank Dell is um, he's crushing in those thresholds. Uh, that I look for. So he's he's clearing my um, my pretty good thresholds on his per route data, and he's also doing it on his points per game and expected points per game. So I'm pretty excited about him, um, but I'm not sure come April if he'll be valued higher than the wide receiver three or four in the class, which is going to be in that you know one of six to one of eight range. It's a it's a pretty nice looking wide receiver class at the moment for sure. Okay, so we're we're talking uh, thriving quarterback. Why don't we kind of pivot and switch over to a couple rookie quarterbacks that have had some ups and downs this year? Um, so that's Will Levis, Bryce Young. We were slamming on the table for about two three weeks with Will Levis for about half um, an hour. <laughs> yeah, we we spent a lot of time, and you know, if if, if you include the Jacob podcast, another forty five minutes there. Um, so Matt, you bought six shares. Pretty, pretty, a couple pretty aggressive prices. 
Um, yeah. Are you at all concerned right now with the last couple of weeks? Um, I, I, I know the Titans offensive line stinks and their That's weapons aren't the best. As a Titans but, fan, um, you're really, as a Titans fan, you're really not giving enough credit to how bad that offensive line is. So mm-hmm. uh, the, I thought Levis was dope against Pittsburgh, man. Like I, I did not think he played bad. Uh, I did not see the game against Tampa Bay. So Todd, as a Titans fan, did you watch that game? No, I didn't watch that game. It's a Titans. I was hoping to get some. He's a Titans fan. No, why, why would I watch? Why would I? I don't want to watch Andre Dillard at left ta- or at right tackle just get destroyed. Yeah, no. So, um, I, I think he's got. I mean, at this point, what we're what you're basing off with Will Levis is insane arm talent and projection. That's basically what it is. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot there besides that, and I'm fine with taking the gamble like you did and like I'm kind of trying to do I'm fine with that yeah I mean I, I just don't I just don't have any concerns about Will Levis yet I mean that that's not saying like I think he's you know crushing obviously he did not perform well at least in the box score uh this past weekend but right now I I don't feel any differently than I did two weeks ago about the bet that we're placing on Will Levis um you're strong yeah, David. pretty much. Uh, David, what what are you thinking about Levis? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I think he clearly has a high value ceiling. Um, the likelihood to get there is um, murky at uh, at best, for sure. Um, but I think the price to find out is not prohibitive. Um, I have tried to buy some Levis. I've been unsuccessful, unfortunately. Um, I'm hoping. I can try again this week and, and maybe get a couple across the finish line with the, the lackluster game. Um, David, if you don't mind me I asking, think, what were some of your failed trade attempts? Uh, I was looking to move late ones and twos, um, and I was getting uh, counters for, you know, send two first and get a late second oh, back. Jesus. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, we, we, yeah. The ones that we saw a lot go down, and I know Matt had some, like, were type of, like, mid-first type of value. It was kind of across the board. I think you might be, after the last two weeks, I think you might be able to do late first again and maybe get him. Yeah, I'm happy to send a late first and a second, you know, so the first and a second of a competitive team. I think I'm pretty happy to send that and, you know, maybe. What about, like, a 25 random, not random, but, like, a random good team this year? Uh, I don't love doing that. Yeah, that that, I, that makes me uncomfortable as well. It makes because me because then they, you're like, all right, they're like two injuries away, one bad move away from a missed playoff, and then bam, I picks one hundred four. Yeah, for those that don't know, David is definitely a, he's definitely a future pick hoarder. He that's that's his that's the first impression I got of him when I when we met uh, just through leagues. He's he's definitely hoarding those extra picks, valuing them. Yeah, that does not surprise me at all. I uh, I don't think I've traded away any of my 25 firsts at this point, and I'm in uh, 28 leagues. So that's impressive willpower right there. There's, right. A guy well, I follow, there's a guy I follow on Twitter called Adam Harstead uh, that has a lot of similar philosophies, I think, to you. One of his quotes that I really love was he's uh, I think if I'm saying it correctly, it's I I store my excess depth on other people's rosters and use their picks to access them <laughs> or something, something along those lines. And I'm like, man, that's such a great way of thinking about it. And if you, if you can pull it off, I mean, it's yeah. definitely a great way to approach it. I'm, I'm glad you said 
that I remind you a bit of Harstad because uh, I get all of my good takes from either Adam Harstad or James Anderson. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, Jacob, uh, big friend of the pod. We love Jacob over here. <laughs> Is anybody on here? So let's shift to Bryce Young, you know, the first pick from the 2024 NFL draft, the guy that nobody really wants to talk about right now. Is anybody here willing to send a first for Bryce Young? You know, we're willing, it sounds like we're willing to send a 24 first for what will love us. Are we willing to send one, David, Matt, Brian, for Bryce Young? I'm not. Oof, I'm not going to send oof, one. Oof, oof. Um, I, no, I think on. Bryce Young sucks, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can get on board with sending like the same first that I would send for Tank Dell. I could get yeah. on board with sending that. Um, but as we spoke about, that's going to be like my pretty much bi-week locks that, that I'm sending. I, so I are sent, we consensus Bryce Young over Will Levis, Brian? I sent two offers for Bryce Young, sending Bryce Young for Will Levis last week. Um, or actually right before the Pittsburgh game, and it was declined um, one-to-one. So um, I don't want any part of Bryce Young. The only part that I got of him was just because I'm in so many so many leagues, I just kind of defaulted taking you- him. I saw him and Stroud kind of similarly-ish. They yeah. both don't rush. They both have unknown offensive weapons. Um, obviously, Stroud is – that's bit me in the ass quite a bit. But, um, yeah, I, I want out. But um, I did see, like you know, just like Dynasty uh, Dynasty I am underscore I am on Twitter. He was he was touting, um, you know, to hopefully have a little patience. He's not doing as bad as you think, that type of stuff. So I I, I mean, I mean Bryce Young has no help. So let's start there. He's yeah, probably not getting any help anytime soon, though. So he like I, so I think his expected David, fantasy points per game is probably not going to yeah. exceed anytime soon. But like I think David, you tweeted something about this. Like you know, he's he's small. He doesn't rush. Doesn't have weapons. Like what did we what did we really expect short term? Like in terms of like what his production is going to be. So just because he's the first pick, I don't I don't, I don't know. I, I never really saw it. So we'll see. Let's shift to one more rookie, and this is Matt's guy, Pop Douglas. So Matt. Um, I know you're in. You're in on Pop. You've sold me to get him in a couple teams. You're buying yeah. him. Yeah, man. Uh, man, I was so happy to see uh, that Pop performance on Sunday morning, especially in such a miserable game to watch in an island game. Sorry, David. I know you're a Patriots fan, um, but that, I mean that's kind of more of what we've been waiting for. I got so pissed off earlier in the season when uh pop had that stupid fumble that wasn't even his fault and then bill benched him like for an entire game and a half like and i think that kind of messed up his development his value his expected value curve this year uh so yeah man i'm all in on pop uh i think we have a couple patriots fans in our group chat that we're in that uh alerted us to him over the summer so i have an absolutely absurd 60 percent roster ship i have 12 shares of him in 20 leagues and uh Back when I picked all of them up, I was like, man, I hope this guy pops enough for me to just sell him for a second mm-hmm. uh, and then get that profit. And right now, I, I'm not really selling for one second right now. It would have to be really. Uh, now, what did you take him for, for David's benefit? What did you take him in our rookie redraft uh, like a month or so? Oh, uh, the rookie redraft, I took him 207. Okay. And- who, who was he sandwiched between? Uh, 
Um, Ty J Spears, I believe you took at 206, Brian, yeah. and then Mike Dynasty Zoltan took uh, Luke Musgrave at 208. Yeah. And I was considering Musgrave at that 207 pick. I thought that was probably the better pick at the time, but I, I also had a ton of Musgrave and I, I just kind of went with pop just kind of like a gut call. Basically they were a coin flip him and Musgrave to me, but mm -hmm. I love everything I've seen from him. Uh, David, what are you seeing with pop? Yeah. So I, I was all over pop over the summer, uh, huge Patriots fan, it's been a tough season, uh, but pop's been the bright spot on the offense. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really impressed with him, uh, in terms of the per route peripherals he's been putting up, uh, his play time has been pretty inconsistent through games with some benching and just being, I mean, he's a, a six round pick, so yeah. he hasn't really been getting full snap shares until recently. Um, so his per game stuff doesn't look that great yet. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about what I'm seeing. I'm, you know, a little concerned about the late draft cap and just being a, a tiny human being in terms of what the upside can be. Um, yeah. But he definitely looks like a real player and on an offense devoid of really any talent beyond him. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. So speaking of your short Kings, so we'll go from pop Douglas here. Let's get into our vet report, hit on some vets and talk about Kyler Murray and David, I'm actually just going to kind of turn it over to you because you've been, harping on Kyler Murray all summer, all fall, and he finally returned. So I know you're excited. So Kyler Murray, take the floor. It's yours. Yeah. I mean, this, this weekend was a, a proud dad moment for me. Basically. <laughs> um, Kyler, uh, I mean, Kyler's in terms of fantasy quarterbacks. Um, I, you know, a couple years ago was pretty comfortable taking him in the same range as Lamar Jackson. And I am going to get right back there again. Um, he looked awesome scrambling this weekend. Um, he put up six, uh, for 33 yards and a touchdown, um, on one of his scrambles, he hit his fastest speed since the beginning of the 2021 season, um, which is, which is pretty insane for, yeah. um, you know, either his fifth or sixth rush, uh, in his first game back. Um, so the knee looks great, um, as a quarterback, I think he had some pretty good throws, you know, maybe a little bit of rust here and there on the interception. There was a, a later throw to Trey McBride that kind of looked like an arm punt, but there was, you know, probably a miscommunication. Um, there, there was a, a little video segment where Trey McBride said he ran the route differently than he had been running it all day. So I, I suspect there's something up there. Um, but I'm, I'm just so in on Kyler as a fantasy asset. He runs. He is a competent to above average quarterback. Uh, in terms of throwing, and he is on a huge deal and will play for either the Cardinals or someone else. Man, this 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 video game like BS narrative that's been going around, him being short, like people that think he's not a good leader, all this other crap that like, first of all, that doesn't impact our fantasy points that you get by having him. Um, but like it's it was always crazy to me. I, I you and I have talked at great length. Um, about Kyler and how it was just like, this makes no sense how people are basically giving away this like insane value. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was you, I, I saw on Twitter, he went from like QB 18 to QB 11 after one week. Like Fantasy Calc has him at QB 8 right now, right behind QB8. Lamar Jackson. And remember, Fantasy Calc is real trades that are happening. So right. like that, he is now being traded as the QB 8 ahead of Tua, Anthony Richard, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's where I would have him too. I mean, 
yeah. him right there. I mean, Matt or uh, David, you said it right there with Lamar Jackson. That's where he's at right now. That's where, yeah, that's where I'd, love to, I'd love to move off any kind of Trevor shares for Kyler. I think you had to do that by now if, if you were going to. Uh, but it might still be actionable in a couple leagues. David, what about Lamar? You mentioned Lamar. Lamar versus Kyler. It sounds like they're in the same tier for you, but which one would yeah. you rather have? Um, they're pretty much the same to me. Okay. Um, I, I think Lamar is probably a little bit of a better real-life talent. I mean, he, he was, what, the youngest MVP player. Um, he has the better EPA um, per play. He... I think he just has more respect around the league. So, like, my slight preference is to Lamar. But as fantasy assets, they both rush quite a bit, and they both throw also pretty well. So relatively indifferent, slight preference, Lamar. Yeah, I think – I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, Todd, you want to get into some of your offers for one of Kyler's teammates, Trey McBride? Yeah, so with Trey McBride, I, I was um, trying to, you know, Matt a couple weeks ago referred to the keep trade cut. Um, the two-week like, bump. The two-week bump, yeah. And I was thinking, okay, this could be the first week. But I learned quickly that the first week was actually like three weeks ago. <laughs> and it, this was the second week. And so I was trying to offer the equivalent of like, first off, I was very unsuccessful getting Trey McBride. I was trying to offer like a couple of seconds. I was trying to offer like, a receiver and a second, a receiver like Jahan Dotson, um, guys like Marquise Brown, plus a second to acquire. I mean, I offered Nico Collins, rejected on every single one of them. I was told like around like the wide receiver 20 would be like the latest. Um, Trey McBride is like throw out what you see on Keep Trade Cut or Fantasy Calc right now. He is being valued almost up to that wide receiver 15 to 18 range is kind of what I would say based on the people, the, the trades that I've talked to and I've gone to almost every one of my leagues to try to make an offer to acquire him totally unsuccessful. So I'm, I'm, tra- yeah. I'm trading McBride for Nico in a heartbeat in a heartbeat. Yeah. I will admit that my offer was, it was in a chat. It was in a chat where I was trying to figure out what, like I just started listing off players that I had and they just said no to all of them. Um, and that I did. A, I actually did that a couple times when they were basically like, "No, I'm not moving this guy." I, th- so, I think McBride. I think McBride is getting the shiny toy boost a little bit. Um, as much as I love Kyler, uh, they have other things. I think he's solid. I think he's so, going to be fine. But so I almost brought this up uh, when we were talking Tank Dell. Um, but a week ago, a little over a week ago, uh, somebody came to me in a league and they said, "What's the McBride price?" And uh, they had Tank Dell on their roster. So I said, I'll flip him for Tank Dell. And they said, oh, wow, okay, never mind. So apparently that was too high for them. I, we all kind of agreed that we're taking Tank Dell over Nico Collins. Um, I'm not 100% sure I would still do that trade. I think I probably would take Tank Dell still. But, but I, I don't think I would take Nico Collins over Trey McBride. Um, I think Trey McBride. Uh, I, so I was listening to uh, a podcast I really like called Stealing Bananas uh, with Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel. And man, they love McBride. They're probably uh, just released this week. And 
you know, they were talking about how he's essentially the focal point of the offense. He they expect him to repl- to be over Hollywood Brown as the top receiving option, the number one target for Kyler Murray the rest of the season. I don't know if that's true, but I definitely would have him one A and one B. And Man, I just think there's a ton of upside for Trey McBride. I think he's going to keep climbing. I don't think his price is artificially inflated right now. Yeah, I think I he's going to get. I think he's like around like almost like mid first level. I, I I talked to one person. They said late first plus. So like if you're out there trying to buy McBride, better come up pony up. And and if you have McBride and you feel like Brian, man, go shop that dude because there I'm are there are people that want McBride and are willing to pay for him right now. So holy I, shit. I think he's just kind of a hold for me. I'm definitely not, there's no way I'm buying McBride right now at a mid first price. Um, I, I'm definitely selling. I only have like a two or three McBride chairs. I'm definitely selling for mid first. People but, are wild. He was like a toss in guy, like like a few weeks ago, season all yeah. last year, all off season. Like I got a bunch of him as toss ins. It was just like. This we is, we, we did uh, we did a startup um, that that more league Brian we did a startup I was looking at that uh, in a couple weeks before the season started and he went in the 14th round so he was about a 14th round pick startup pick and now people want a mid first round and I don't even think it's all that nuts I mean I'm not paying it but like there's a lot of really smart people that love trading McBride I think it's pretty fair honestly um, so I. Famously, am not a big fan of splits, um, but they're probably a little bit more valid for younger tight ends that suddenly are getting uh, the actual opportunity. Um, so, you know, small sample size and splits bias here, but week seven to 10, Trey McBride has 18.1 expected points per game in tight end premium scoring, which uh, if you carry that across the season, would be the tight end three. I don't expect that to necessarily hold, um, but it, it shows that there's a real ceiling to be had here. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think Gretch pointed this out on maybe Twitter, I believe. Um, but his uh, targets per outrun is uh, 28%, which is like a top two or three uh, tight end mark. Um, and another thing that I actually really like about Trey McBride is that he's doing this work and earning these targets on a 7.0 A dot, which is um, relatively impressive for a tight end. Um, some other you know tight ends that people love, Dalton Kincaid has like a 4.0 A dot. Um, Evan Engram has less than a 4 A dot. David Njoku has less than a 4 A dot. Um, so these are you know downfield targets that is, is pretty impressive to me. I don't know if I'm quite there on buying for a mid first, um, but late first, totally in. I would pro- probably in the same range as Tank and over Nico for me. Yeah. So if we're, if we're comparing him to like the rookie tight ends, you're, you'd still have Laporta and Kincaid over McBride or not quite sure even? I, I, I do. Um, I, I just I think they're arguably stronger um, prospects. Um, but, you know, even if you want to call it a wash, I mean, uh, McBride was taken, what, 50th overall last year or something like that. So not mm-hmm. so far off. Um, but I just tend to prefer the guys that made their mark a little more immediately rather than um, – you know, taking a season and a half to, to get there. And a little bit more sustained 
over the course of this season even. Exactly, exactly. So let's talk some receivers. Um, David, I'm going to kind of – we're going to fly through this. So if you could maybe give us a few buys that maybe our expected fantasy points aren't quite achieving to the level that you might be able to give them for a little bit cheaper, then maybe we can quickly toss in, you know, Brian and Matt, what we might buy for for those guys. Um, so, David, who are some guys that might be some – theoretical buy lows based on expected fantasy points per game yeah so i'll I'll break this down into kind of three buckets um the really high-end guys on the young end are um chris olave and garrett wilson both are fringe top 12 options on expected points per game um they're not quite there in actual points per game but uh, i think we know that they're really good so those aren't necessarily you know buy lows to get the best rest of season outcome, but I think they're just really good by lows uh, on the whole. And then, you know, a little bit more immediate help. I would say Devonte Adams, Cooper cup, still both top 12 options locked and loaded for me. A um, little bit of quarterback concerns on Devante. Um, but in his three games with Aiden O'Connell, he is averaging uh, 17.9 expected points per game on a 30% target share. Uh, it's only been 12 and a half actual points per game. So if like, Jacoby Myers is kind of no longer a thing with O'Connell at quarterback, it seems. So that's kind of the yeah. Devontae emergence. In um, draft yeah. capital, what are you willing to pay for for the old guys, David? Um, classically at first, um, yeah. I would be happy to maybe take some um, more middling – middle-aged guys like if you could take a dj Moore, who everyone still loves and get Devonte plus i think that'd be really cool i don't know if that's available in the market um but i i, I sent i sent all like a 109 to 112 24 first for cooper cup um right. yesterday so that's yeah. something that's definitely actionable that was accepted all yeah, shameless plus my tiered trading from last week. I basically talked about all of these wide receivers and what I would do trying to trade up, trade down, and like draft capital. So, mm-hmm. Eric Wilson, Olave, I talked about all of those. Yeah, I, I, for, I for Wilson and Olave, like you definitely have to pay two first okay. plus to yeah. walk oh, yeah. in the door, pretty much, just as a you know a general scale there. Yeah, I think you can probably get Adams and Cuff though. Um, I, I would think most uh, most owners are. At, they're at least going to be receptive to talk and see what the price is um, without mm-hmm. disappointing. They've been uh, production wise, I think. Yes. Last one, Deontay Johnson. I paid, it was a one QB league, but today I paid a late playoff first, probably like, let's just call it 109 today. But, you know, with no QBs, really, you're look, really looking at like the 112, 201 type of, type of thing in a super flex league. How do you feel about that one? I'll do it all day. Yeah. yeah, I mean his 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 peripherals. We've talked about expected fantasy points per game. He's been awesome since he came back from injury. I'm pretty excited about him. And listen, now Pickett is is probably not going to be around much longer. If they ever figure out something at quarterback, I really like Deontay. Matt, you're shaking your head. Not a fan of what I just said. Like no, I think the only thing that I think that you said that I might disagree with is, man, I think Kenny Pickett's probably going to be back next year, and I don't think. Okay. He's- a lot better just i mean they're six and three like mm-hmm. uh so it, just it, cir- circling back to deontay i i think perception of him 
is growing because of the last couple of weeks too. So like now is the time he did that you have definitely a bad want to He did just have a bad game this past week. That's what right. kind of opened up the window for me there. Okay. So like just in, in general perception, the, the people that I've talked to when I've asked about them, they're definitely higher than they were yeah. any time that I've talked to people before. So that's just something to keep in mind that like this is like you're saying, if you had a bad game, goodbye window for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm paying a late one. So David, we try to knock out a couple of our trades that we made the past week or so. So we'll shift into that. Um, any trades that you've done, um, you know, and just kind of give whether it's a, a tank team or a contender team, anything that you've done over the past week that you think might, you know, generate some insight. Yeah, I, I think the deal I was most excited about, um, I, this was uh, maybe a couple of days ago, offer came in cold to me. Uh, I had a tanking team um, with uh, not a lot of points across most of the roster, but I had like four or five starting quarterbacks. Um, super flex but you know only two could count so having my third fourth and fifth uh quarterback there i i didn't mind too much um so the the offer that came in was to send sam howell and an early third and get zay flowers um i think zay's doing really well um i think he's having an awesome season uh there's you know probably some questions to be had if he can ever be a 20 point per game guy but we have time to to find that out uh and i think sam howell is at best a toss-up to start beyond this year. So I'm happy to, to just kind of take the first round rookie and, and run. Okay. You got any pushback there, Todd? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty bullish on Sam Howell. I think that he I kind of view him as kind of locked to start next year. I'm willing to pay a late first. Um now you're getting Zay Flowers, so I'm not I mean, that's perfectly fine to me. I do like the idea. I want to go back to what you said really quick. You said, I've got a tank team with three, four, five quarterbacks. I love the build of having like either zero quarterbacks on a tank team or having like four or five, because like you said, only two can start. And sure, you're probably going to get 40 points out of your quarterback spot or maybe 50 points out of your quarterback spot doing that. But you're really tying in a lot of assets into just a position and then you can go zeros elsewhere. So I like that. No, it, that, that is, I pretty much try to have excess quarterbacks and excess tight ends in a lot of my tanks. Um, you know, the tight ends, like I, I have one team where I uh, came into the year with like Pitts, Musgrave, McBride, and someone else as well. Um, and it was kind of a weird lineup where some of the flexes only allow running backs and wide receivers. So I can only start like two of them. <laughs> You're hiding, hiding, hiding nicely. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a neat way to just like hide your points, but yeah. still have good value, and it doesn't even matter if they score points. Real quick tangent, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize with tanking. There can be a lot of different creative ways where you don't just get rid of your your roster isn't void of good players. You just hide them. You hide them. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. hiding in plain sight, basically. Uh, some of these points in production. I have one trade uh, that I did this week with my cousin, Pat, and I'm not sure he's feeling that great about it right he's now. Got cousin uh, Pat going to listen to the pod? Is he going to <laughs> Pat, Pat is going to yeah, listen to the pod, hard. so shout out, Pat. Shout out, Pat. Um, so this is in a league that we're in together, Brian, Perfect 12, and I, mm-hmm. I, I would call my team a pretender in this league. I, I currently would make the playoffs. I have no business making the playoffs. My team is not that great. I do think I have a lot of future value on the team. 
So I traded Sam Laporta and Michael Wilson, and I got back Trey McBride and Drake London. And I, I mean, I thought that was a pretty decent uh, trade last week. I wasn't nearly as high on McBride last week as I am this week. So, uh, yeah, man, I love that trade. I don't know what do you guys think. Slam dunk. Since Pat is listening, I think it was a fair trade. Fair deal, man. Good for Pat. Good for Matt. Everybody wins and goes home happy. Pat's very successful in Dynasty, so I don't think he's sweating it too much. But yeah, yeah, and and just you know, Pat, I understand my team is absolutely horrific in that league, so I certainly can't talk to you right now. So um, yeah, I I don't think it like. Just value-wise, it was it was a tough one on the surface. I think even before McBride maybe is having a value explosion, now it's looking pretty bad. But Laporta maybe has a pop week and it's back. I don't know. He's he listened to our Michael Wilson rants. I think early in the I was going to say Mike, Michael Wilson at least looked a little decent with Kyler. It's not like he did nothing. So I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do you got, Brian, for this week? I I had a couple trades at the eleventh hour. Basically, um, I didn't have anything until um, Sunday, which is very strange for me uh, this week. But I I got a huge one off here. So, um. You know, David was talking about excess quarterbacks. I kind of did the same kind of thing with this roster build. And I had uh, Deshaun Watson and Sam Howell as extra, or they became extra with this trade. So I traded Deshaun Watson, Sam Howell, and then George Kittle after a couple pop weeks, like we, we talked about. All of a sudden, people like Kittle again and got Mahomes back. And this is also inflated um, scoring for Q, uh, QB scoring. So Patrick Mahomes is like in context. He's he's projected for like thirty six points this week. So it's it's a super inflated scoring. Um, so I mean, I, I apologize to Pat. I think you have somebody to apologize to. Whoever your league mate was, it, it, it was it was Stone Sports Dude. <laughs> oh, Stone Sports yeah. Dude. Our, our, we love yeah, I think I think everyone here knows him too. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. Um, that that guy, he, I love him because he, he just he doesn't really give a shit like what anyone else thinks. He's going off the you know his gut and he does. I mean, he is pretty damn successful from what I've seen, um, mm-hmm. like winning wise. So, um, I, 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 I don't necessarily always agree with the strategy, but it, it seems to work out for him. So, um, so I wasn't going to give this trade, but I'll quickly do my one trade because it was with Stoned Sport Dude. Yes. Um, I got I had to pull it up on my phone because I didn't write it down. So, I got. Terry McLaurin, J.K. Dobbins, and Aaron Rodgers for Rasheed Rice, Zach Wilson, Marvin Mims. So I received McLaurin, Dobbins, Rodgers. I sent Rasheed Rice, Mims, Zach Wilson. And you said it's a tank, right? I assume. No, so it's interesting. So it's actually – I'm I'm a contender, um, but I was trying to – he he needed a quarterback, so I offered Zach Wilson – for Aaron Rodgers, straight up. Just, I mean, I, I didn't really need have any use for for Zach Wilson. And then we it was just, you know, a counter battle. Um, so basically, it was like a Rasheed Rice, McLaren type of swap. Um, Zach Wilson for Aaron Rodgers type of swap. And I probably gained on some of those. So I basically dipped from or Marvin Mims, Dobbins type of swap. So um, I, I'm a contender, but I'm trying to like build some value. I don't have any picks. So I was using kind of Dobbins as Rogers as like pseudo seconds, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully down the line. 
Yeah, I I like that trade. Uh, I I traded Zach Wilson for Aaron Rodgers literally the night Rodgers tore his Achilles, um, and that was so. I I would definitely take Rodgers over Zach Wilson, and then so. Dobbins is not a guy I'm trying to buy, but I do understand why you would buy him for the future uh, value accrual. So you're so, but if you if you have Wilson and Rodgers as a wash, so you basically traded Rice and Mims for McLaurin and Dobbins. Yeah, that's right. I think that's fine. I I don't think that's. Yeah, I'm not I, a I think that's fine. Rice, Rice, David, anything on Rasheed Rice expected fantasy points wise? Um. Let me bring that up real quick. I, I I dug into Rashi Rice recently. I'm a little concerned that we're kind of making him to be a lot more than he is. Um, but I also am way too much of a coward to just sell rookie <laughs> wide receiver on the Chiefs before the buy. Um, but I, I think coming out of the buy, I'm going to be monitoring pretty closely. Um he does not make my top 48. Let me dig for this real quick. While, while you're looking, that's conflicting with Jacob. So that's something that you guys might have an argument down the road here. He said that's one of his favorite buys right now. Oh, Rasheed Rice says? He said that on when he was on with us, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking with uh, with Dynasty IM, and we're both of, like, the maybe he's good. Yeah. I don't have that much conviction either that's, way that's where i'm at too that's kind of where i'm at i'm not i i think that's where i feel like there for a while there for a while rasheed rice tank dell josh downs were all kind of in a cluster together from a value perspective and i think tank dell and downs have obviously moved up a little bit since then rasheed rice has kind of hung out maybe dipped almost a hair i so I also remember Marvin Mims briefly was kind of brought up in that like yeah, early season talk. So first that's four weeks or so, yeah. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. yeah, before he retired, he was in that discussion. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, win, win sprint champion on Monday Night Football this past week. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think for me, Rashi Rice and Marvin Mims are similar-ish cases in that early on they had really great. Um, like yards per route run and targets per route run on these really small route shares. Um, since then, we haven't really seen any role growth out of Marvin Mims, and he's also just uh, not had the big plays. Um, so that like 7.0 yards per route run has slowly dwindled. Um, but for Rashi Rice, his uh, route share has nearly doubled and his target share um, has not moved, meaning his uh, per route peripherals have basically halved on a few things. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. But again, if there's going to be someone to emerge in Kansas City, it's probably Rashi Rice over the second half of the year. So I'm, I'm not selling right now, but I'm monitoring. Um, as for uh, his expected points per game, he, he's at 8.7 expected points per game and 10.4 points per game. Uh, running a little bit hot on touchdowns, but... Um, Small sample, nothing too crazy, outlier. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our closing out with our buys and sells of the week. I'll quickly go ahead and give out mine. Mine's Deontay Johnson. I was typing up to put Deontay Johnson as my buy of the week, and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go send some offers. So I sent one and got Deontay Johnson, so he's my buy of the week. Expected fantasy points per game master. I know David won't be too upset about that. So, David, who is your 
buy or sell of the week? Yeah, so uh, buy of the week, um, previewed it earlier. Uh, I think Javante Williams for me, um, uh, again, kind of previewed some of these names earlier, but um, he's been pretty impressive for me. I think I'm going to uh, try to move some of my, you know, middle-aged, middle points uh, wide receivers that everyone still loves uh, into Javante, who, um, you know, a couple years ago was like a second-round startup pick. And mm. now he's back and healthy and kind of doing the thing we wanted to see. So guys like, week. Yeah, got guys like uh, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans um, in that like middle age, middle points realm. Uh, and then also some some running backs, uh, Rashad White valued right next to him. Pretty easily prefer Javante's talent, uh, even though Rashad's actually had great usage recently. Uh, and then additionally, Pollard, Kamara, uh, and Derrick Henry are in the, you know, RB1-ish range uh, in expected points, uh, but they're way older. And uh, Pollard and Kamara are falling so short of where they should be that it's probably a bit of an indication they're uh, edging towards washed. So, again, tear down in value a little bit for the younger running back like i'll take it all day so we're we're talking younger running backs let me just hop into my cell and this is again similar to cj stroud it's more on what he's being valued at so it's conditional um keaton mitchell is uh you know a rookie that people are really fawning over right now for lack of a better term and he looks great in his touches but like i think todd had a tweet you know like I look up and he has three touches. Like that's if people are valuing him as like an early to mid second, which I saw some Twitter polls saying that they do. I I don't have any of him, so this is not something that I can action be actionable on. But if I did, and if you're listening and you do, please sell him for any early mid two, please. Mm-hmm. Watching yeah, Red Zone, no. I was convinced he had like watching Red Zone. I was convinced he had like ten carries, and I got to the box where like three carries and one catch what happened yeah and uh brian i think what inspired you to make that the sell of the week uh like like we said our friend jacob uh really smart guy we respect a lot he was saying he was he's not selling for a mid two uh so that kind of caught our attention like okay wow so people are valuing him like that i like that i'll i'll be quick about mine we covered him a little bit earlier my buy of the week is pop douglas just very simply, I do not think he's ever going to be cheaper than he is right now for the next five to seven years, let's say. And a lot of people don't even know who he is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe you're in a league where the guy who's rostering pop doesn't know what they have. And they just picked up some dude like a month ago and he's just sitting on their bench. And they, I, I would go send an offer out. I'm comfortable buying pop for a mid-second. I think you can buy him for less than that. I'm not sending a mid-second right away. That would be the high end, high end that I would go. But my initial offer is probably going to be, let me send them a second and get Pop in a third back. That's probably yeah. what I'm looking to try and do. Mm-hmm. You, awesome. you could also probably take some, like, dusty vets. Like, Cortland Sutton has scored a bunch of touchdowns, has, like, pretty decent points per game. If you could yeah. say, oh, here's Cortland Sutton who scored a bunch of touchdowns for, yeah. for Pop. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you say that. I was literally just like I was when you were talking about your buy and sell. I was just thinking Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. Like that's the perfect person to like toss out there right now. It's a hot name. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, agreed. All right. This has been great, David. Thanks for joining us. Um, can you remind everyone, you know, where they can find you on Twitter? Um, I know you do some stuff with Voltproof. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at DSP4150. Uh, you could also find me in the Bulletproof uh, Discord. Uh, I do weekly reports on uh, the wide receivers, uh, as I teased earlier, in buckets. And uh, pretty much every week on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, I'll tweet out all of my expected points per game charts, um, and you can see what I'm looking at. Awesome. Yeah, like, like we said That's earlier, you're a great follow. Um, people should really go you know, jump in and see, like, like I said, your stuff is really easily digestible. Um, you can find the rest of us. Brian is at Brian underscore Leary one. Matt is at Dynasty Peasant. I am Todd at Dynasty S Flux. So in close, Matt is buying Pop Douglas for a late two. Brian is selling Keaton Mitchell for an early to mid two. David is buying Javante for those mid-range type talents like DJ Moore, Rashad White. Um, and I'm buying Deontay Johnson for maybe your latest one or, you know, a couple of twos. Um, we'd really appreciate a rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And any likes or retweets of the podcast are a great help. For David, Brian, Matt, and myself, thanks for joining episode 1.09 of the Dynasty Market Watch podcast. Go send a trade offer. Go seize. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Why, why, why?